Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Sean Overman here. Welcome back to another amazing podcast for the concert experience here at AfterBuzz TV. And you guys can find me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. I'm joined here by an awesome emerging artist. He is Eli Sokolo. Sokolo. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for coming into the studio today. Thanks for having me. And uh, we're, we're just going to be talking about your awesome EP that's on the iTunes store now. Yes. And, and it's also on Spotify yep. as well. Any other uh, outlets or platforms? Yeah, it's on uh, Bandcamp as well, Bandcamp. Um, which you can get to through our website, which is thelivingstrange.com. All right, great. So right there. I love it. It's, the chorus is amazing for this song. Thank you. Really, I've been rocking out to this like ever since we met yeah. and I started playing it in the car. Of course. So let's actually talk about how, how we met. It was like a really interesting thing. So t I know how I, what my experience was from that day, but I actually want to hear what you were doing that day before, yeah. shortly before we came into contact. Okay, so I um, right now have been in LA uh, since mid-January and I'm, I'm leaving uh, next week, but I've been here uh, rehearsing and playing shows and you know doing some interviews and this and that um, and so I am not driving here because I'm just visiting and uh, you know because LA is crazy to drive in anyway it's, that's a whole nother uh, fiasco <laughs> but uh, you know I I got an uber uh, as one does and uh, you were driving. That's right. I and, Uber drive and, in, in my spare time. <laughs> of course. Uh, who doesn't? And uh, it's awesome because um, every time I Uber, I always have a guitar. And that always starts a conversation every time. Um, and so uh, you'd asked if I was a musician. And then we got into it about that. And I mentioned the band. And then you asked if I was on uh, iTunes. And I said, yeah. And then you played If You Go. And then Yeah, uh, I, just, I just straight up pressed yeah. uh, Siri to come on and I said play if you go by the living strange yeah and it came on in my car and we were just like talk I was amazed with how good your like your singing was I was just like whoa is that your voice sounds so different right on when you're performing than it does when we're talking because you have such a really deep voice yeah no I, I know I, I get that a lot from people <laughs> that the voice definitely um has its own attitude and the person is, you know, uh, some sort of other entity. So after, you know, we talked, we really connected because I'm a writer and you're, you write your own music, yeah. you're, you're, um, you're all the, everything, you know, like the vocals, uh, of you, course. you play a bunch of different instruments too. Not to, you're not just a guitar player or just a vocalist. Like you're really like a polylingual, um, instrument player. Yes. Yeah. I, so I play guitar, uh, I sing, and that's my main job in Living Strange. And then I also play bass uh, on our recordings. I'm playing bass. I play keys and I also play drums. 
So you get all that and you mix it together. Yes. Like how? What's your process like for that? Um, okay. Well, usually, so I'll, I'll I work on music and lyrics separately, um, and so I always have on my computer and I have notebooks um, upon notebooks of just lyrics at all times that don't have any music and it's always I'm going through my day uh, you know I'm walking on the beach or shopping or something and I just get an idea lyrically and so I, I take note of it and then uh, musically it's kind of similar a lot of times the music just pops in my head in my daily life um, and then I kind of see what goes together and what doesn't maybe thematically if I have like some sad music I have some sad words you know I can have a cry fest and get some ice cream and watch some tv but um but anyways the point is (laughs) you uh, really get into uh, your emotions in the songs a hundred percent no it's um it's not a choice it's just it's one of those uh experiences that that happens um for me and i you know i love it it's it's a great thing to do but anyways um then you know bring it into the rehearsals and teach everyone the song and we arrange it and uh you know decide if we should have three choruses or four choruses or how many choruses we should have. Uh, and then um, it's time to record. And we're an independent band, so we made this EP for no budget, alone, at home, uh, with our equipment. And um, I have Pro Tools on my computer and we recorded it and I, you know, we mixed it and I mixed it and uh, then um, we distributed it. And so now it's we're on iTunes and all. Yeah, you guys. Did you use iTunes producer to upload it to the iTunes store? What, what no, was the I, app I, that you used? No, I went through TuneCore. TuneCore. Which um, is kind of like CD Baby. CD Baby, I think, is a little bit more well-known. But um, both are great uh, platforms for people like me that are trying to get music out there. That's so awesome, man. Um, I was uh, looking at some of your YouTube videos as well, and you just like in a room like literally like there's there's carpet there it looks like is there a couch or a bed in some of the shots yeah yeah (laughs) that's so awesome and it's it's like is that is that an apartment is that it like where is that well the thing is we we've done a lot of videos in different uh places so we have some videos um you know at uh one of our members houses uh and so that's a basement um we have another one actually that's in a barn uh, it doesn't look like it. It does not look like a barn, but it's a barn. Uh, and That's so funny because I did see in some of the descriptions that filmed at the barn. Yeah, recorded the, the, at the barn. The barn is where we mixed um, 2 a.m. Freak Show, the EP. Oh. That's that was the uh, mixing, and we recorded it um, in the living room of uh, our our drummer's house in Hollywood. So that was. Um, that was kind of the the landscape of the music. So when you do perform live, you have other people with you. It's not just you uh, playing everything by yeah. yourself, right? Or or having things like queued up to like play yeah, while you play guitar. Yeah, we we don't use any tracks. I went uh, on our on our tour last fall, twenty dates, East Coast tour. It was awesome. Uh, it's crazy, and um, I think I saw a hundred bands oh <laughs> on our tour, and a solid probably 15 of them used tracks and not once did it ever go as planned it always always especially at this scale of independent musician you can't trust that but yeah um the other uh, like permanent proper member of the band uh is is the drummer ben shafir um and 
a lot of times I'll write a song and then we'll kind of, you know, arrange it together and flesh it out. Um, and then we have rotating members. In LA, we have someone that plays with us. Um, and he does the keyboards? Yeah, the keyboards and the bass. And then... Uh, I think I saw him playing xylophone one time. Yeah. And uh, then in... Well, actually, funny you say that. That was me. Oh, that was I, we, we doubled me. <laughs> oh, There were wow. two of me. Whoa. Um, in, in that. But... Uh, and then in New York and... Uh, and in the east coast in general yeah. um we have our guys there our tour so actually in that video like you put yourself yes in yeah it's so funny because yeah. i was like that guy kind of looks like eli yeah, a little I, bit i decided to dress differently because i was uh well we created a character it was javaris javaris was, <laughs> i saw it i think what, did you put the name in there yeah, too yeah I did. oh man yeah I javaris the xylophone player yeah yeah that's hilarious. it was actually you know it was glockenspiel that was uh but um there's a smaller uh, higher pitch but uh <laughs> Yeah, and we did the same for our If You Go live video at the barn. That was also Javaris. I gave Javaris awesome. glasses too. Wow, that's his alter ego, man. Wow, you you are t you're like a, a a fictional character too. I am aside from yourself, probably more so a fictional character than anything else. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. So, oh wow. So you've done so much in the like. Let, let's actually backtrack a little bit. Okay. So, all right. So you're um you're a pretty young dude. Yes. All right. And you, like, I was going to ask you, like, questions about how, like, you started and everything, but I feel like you've been doing this for, like, when I met you, yeah. I thought you've been doing this for, like, 10 years already. I mean, I've yeah. been I've been playing music for 11 years. Oh, wow. Um, okay. You seem I, like you're really experienced already. Like, you're a veteran. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, um, I started when I was five uh, playing music, started writing songs when I was six. Um, I think I started my first band when I was probably 10 or something. Wow. Uh, that didn't last very long. <laughs> and then I, my next real band, I think uh, 13, and that lasted about a, a year or two. Oh, okay, what was uh, the name of the band? That band was called Rain King. Rain and, King. And actually the drummer of that band is a drummer of, of Living Strange. That 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 kind of uh, segued into the Living Strange. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, there were, there were breaks and absences and people going to college and you know, all that. Um, but and then uh, I started Living Strange in April of 2014. Okay, so just about uh, it's it's been about two years now. Yeah, coming up on two years. Yeah, now. yeah. Fascinating, man. So, what? How did you even come up with like the name, the Living Strange? Like, what, what's up with with the name of the band? Well, it's funny you ask because a lot of people think it's a, an Oasis reference because they have that famous uh, Champagne Supernova song where oh. he has a lyric. He says, "How many lives are Living Strange." And I'm Noel Gallagher. If you're listening, it's not you. It's not you. <laughs> it's the one time that you're not important. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, I got it. I was listening to the Libertines, which are great independent um, British band, and I misheard their song, and I thought they said the the lyric was "You are looking rough and living strange," and they're British people, so they you know talk uh, the way British people talk. And, um, funny accent. Yeah, exactly. With the weird accent, bunch of, uh, you know, especially the ones named Noel Gallagher. But, uh, anyways, um, and uh, I thought that he said, uh, "You're the king of the living strange," but he said, "You're looking rough and living strange." And point is, I was like, "Damn straight, I am the king of living strange." Wow. And uh, <laughs> and and the rest is rock and roll history. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Um, we uh, when when we met too uh, for the first time and we were listening to, uh, if you go, uh, which is your uh, pretty much like your like an amazing song on your EP. Uh, 
you told me that there was a little bit of a story behind it yeah about like a girl so t- tell us tell tell me how like you developed that song okay uh so lyrically yes that song was developed i was um i was sitting actually uh at my school that i went to at, at the time which i no longer go to and um i was thinking about you know um relationships and uh i was in one at that point um currently i'm not so if you're single and watching i'm available but uh anyways uh and i was thinking you know um just about communication in general a lot of the people i know even outside of uh you know uh relationships even friendships uh and so the kind of chorus came to me of like uh if you go i wouldn't notice and you wouldn't know and so that's just kind of about how you know if someone uh left the relationship or left out of my uh you know sorry if they uh weren't in my life anymore how i you know would not really think twice and they wouldn't know that i wasn't thinking twice um and as in because she was like so into you that or 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 is it the opposite like i think that it's kind of open for interpretation because there is i mean it's not entirely autobiographical Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean the relationship at that point was quite nice but (laughs) but uh but anyways uh so it was more so i was just thinking about relationships um and i kind of like the open-endedness of that phrase because uh you could take it as in like you were saying you know uh she wouldn't know because she's so focused you know on you for instance or perhaps she wouldn't know because she's the last thing that she's thinking about is you yeah she's not Uh, into you perhaps exactly and uh so i kind of enjoyed that and then um musically i wrote it on a a blue bus on my way home the big Big, blue bus the big blue bus it's like um the one that goes in santa monica yeah in santa monica um because i was going to school in santa monica at that point in time and um i was i you know it's kind of like jim morrison says in his song the end he's like the big blue bus is calling us man you know it was uh i was just kind of i was called and i and i so i got on the big blue bus and i don't i mean this is i think my favorite songs that i write happen this way where i don't have a guitar with me i don't have any music equipment with me and uh i'm just kind of trying to figure out a way to deal with silence i think and so um that main guitar riff came in dun 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 you know yeah and it's uh, really catchy thanks and and i just was like um i couldn't get out of my head and i was like that's how i know that this will be a good song because it's it's nearly annoying me that it just won't leave so i have to develop i got home immediately figured it out on guitar and as i said earlier the rest is rock and roll history yeah that is such a fascinating thing like as as an artist that you're able to just really explore those like thoughts and feelings because some people like it just it comes into their mind and i'm guilty of this too like a thought will come into my mind and i'm like should i pursue that and and i don't necessarily have something to write with me yeah you know but i'm like i don't want to get up wait i can do this in some other way you know and yeah so i'm like i'm at this like this happened to me just like last night for example i was uh reading uh i was reading on writing by stephen king and um i'm trying to develop my craft more so i'm like how can i write about my thoughts right now when my notepad's in my car so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna make a note in the book like i don't care if it's not about stephen king's totally yeah i'm just gonna make a note about a new new story that that i want to write because i'm thinking about something right now of course well i actually uh funny you say that similarly i was walking 
on the beach, uh, on Santa Monica Beach, uh, the other day. I just eaten breakfast. I want to take a stroll before I started, uh, you know, working on some new songs. Um, and I, I started thinking about, you know, uh, lyrics to a specific rhythm in my mind, and I didn't have any notepad or anything. And I just took a voice memo on my phone. And I think uh, by the end of it, I had five different voice memos of, of about a minute each of lyrics, and I just voice memoed my lyrics as I was writing them. Like, uh, and um, that's such a good that's, strategy. I know. Well, it was really awesome because it forced me to keep on rhyming and keep on going, even if I uh, felt like maybe you know the initial idea was there, um, and that really helped me kind of develop it even more. You know. Yeah, that's a fantastic strategy. Like, I, I really think that our fans and our listeners are going to take something away yeah. from this. It's such a great conversation so far. <laughs> totally. Uh, Zach, can you uh, cue up uh, Mannequin on the EP, please? Um, so I, we, he's just going to play a little bit of it, and I wanted to ask some things about Mannequin. So it's it starts off... And you know what? Actually, this... Before it even gets to the lyrics, but yeah. uh, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to ask you about how we had that conversation when we first met, uh, how you don't want to make your music perfect, you know, like yeah. kind of like unsync things, yeah. you know, even though you mix it, of course. you make it so that it's kind of like a little bit dirtier. It's wonky. Wonky. Is what it is. It's pancreatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see fluids like going yeah. through the body right now. Exactly. <laughs> so in Mannequin, um, there's some interesting lyrics that you say, and it, they're so like, they're like really ironic lyrics. And it's coming up right now, actually. I think. I think, yeah, I think you're talking about the second verse, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right there, right uh, there. The mannequin, sink or swim. So I thought, yeah. So right there. Oh, it's so awesome. Like the build right there. <laughs> Thanks. Really, yeah. I, I really rock out to this song. Um, but what I thought was so fascinating is like sink or swim. Like yeah. what, like it's a mannequin. Like the, the visual I have in my mind is a mannequin. Like you throw it in the water. It's yeah. like, hey, what are you going to do? You know, but the mannequin can't do anything. Right? Of course. It's just going to sink. Like you're asking it to swim. Yeah. So what? what is this a metaphor of? Okay, um, I wrote this song with a very specific person in mind, uh, and at, at the time I was, uh, you know, semi-affiliated with this person, um, not really in a romantic way, but uh, we were, you know, becoming pretty close, it was a girl, and, um, and I felt like we, uh, you know, had a pretty good friendship and connection and this and that, and, you know, she uh, proved otherwise. Oh no! I know, no, it was. <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't hold on to those things. I just write rock music about it. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. So that's cool. Um, and I'm glad because the song, I, I'm much more happy to have the song at this moment than that friendship. But um, with the chorus, you know, it's kind of like you were saying. The mannequin really is a metaphor um, because. A mannequin can't swim. Yeah. If there is a mannequin that can swim, someone should patent that immediately. <laughs> um, and that'd be great for ads. Uh, swimwear, you know. In fact, The Living Strange is actually going to start selling swimwear. So oh, that's our that's our next uh, business endeavor. But yeah, um, so anyways, it, there's two things. Uh, the first is just like literally sinking and swimming. But I was also thinking of it 
kind of in a, a, a social status kind of way of you know being on top and being in control of, of people and being popular and this this song is kind of about like you know a ditzy chick that like um not a dixie chick a, a ditzy chick <laughs> that that uh that like is airheaded exactly kind of, yeah. that 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 um puts off a vibe of being really understanding and 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 cool but on the inside she just is a, a thing about popularity and, oh. and she's it's, it's kind of an act wow I, I like that that's that is a really good metaphor oh man like we were going so deep yeah. Deep into your music. I know we're sinking. Yeah, we're sinking. <laughs> we're sinking lower, lower it's true. into the abyss. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to actually uh, let's let's go ahead and cue up uh, another song, the uh, the afterglow, actually, and we can even we can even make that a little bit. Uh, we can even fade that out after like thirty seconds of playing it. Uh, but uh, with, I really like the opening lyrics for this a lot and it's it starts it's it starts off very acoustic yeah you know super mellow reverberated yeah a little bit reverberated um but and we're probably not going to get to this part yet or, or you know what let's just let's give it a listen for a few seconds to get to that lyric or is this false relation to pretend you got what you want and avoid a confrontation to my left there is an angel sharing a conversation don't we all aspire just to be someone else's obligation yeah what she said stays in my head right here life's no destiny just a destination oh, oh so good Thank you, Zach. Um, but right there, like that lyric is so powerful. Like even that last sentence, "Life's no destiny, just a destination." Am I right? Am I saying yes, that right? Yes, that is that is lyric. It's so fascinating because it's like I can get you can get so many things from it. You know, yeah, of as, course. As a listener, but I feel like we're not like we're not necessarily meant to do anything here. Exactly. It's kind of like where we just end up. Of course. Whoa. That's that's um, certainly what I was thinking about. And actually, um, this is rather dark, but uh, that lyric uh, came when I was driving around LA um, downtown and I just saw rows upon rows of, of tents of homeless people. Yeah. Um, and amongst the thoughts I had, this was not the first thought I had, of course, but eventually I came to the place of there's no set thing that anyone is really supposed to do there's no uh destiny i think that that's a, a man-made idea maybe to be happy but that doesn't really that's that's temporary mm -hmm. um you know yeah it comes and um, goes exactly and and so it's kind of like um it just made me think you know that no one really owes anyone else anything um but that that's not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes you look where you uh you look around uh, wherever you end up and you're like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm at After Buzz TV and how about that? So yeah. uh, I think that it just depends um, on your course. And I think where you end up oftentimes is a reflection of yourself and um, that perhaps could determine your destiny. But at the same time, that is up for debate because that is ever changing. Yeah, I just think like... Uh, when I hear those lyrics too, um, and, and that's so crazy that that's that's where it 
came from you know like it yeah. evolved from you seeing we have tons of homeless people here of course in, well, in LA. especially in los angeles yeah everybody comes here you know and they think like yeah i'm gonna make it big and then they don't work hard at it you know or like something happens and well, then it's something that's like out of our control and and then yeah go ahead what, what were you yeah well i was gonna say that i i mean i don't know if you were um saying that that is a reason why there's homeless people or if that was a second uh thought oh well uh, I, was, Los I was evolving just i was evolving into something okay else. yeah because yeah, i was going to say i think that a lot of uh, the, the homeless people probably did not come to la to pursue like you know acting or something like that yeah. but um but anyways you, you were saying oh no but i feel like just people not necessarily like acting or show business stuff but people just come here and then they like ex- i don't know like I, I feel like people come here for the weather number one yeah yeah <laughs> it's, of it's course freaking amazing here and then when you when you get here it's like okay now now what am i gonna do you know and then and then people just like fall from one thing into another and i feel like so many people move here from far away yes whether it's a few hundred miles or a few thousand miles yeah and then if you don't if you don't do so hot and you can't support yourself like there's no one around you no familial connections okay, no one yeah. to support you of course and that's that's why it ends up that way but i was actually but going back to your lyrics and it's like ultimately that stuff like it doesn't matter it's like it's like we're yeah. all just we're made from like stardust of course well you know, you know like we we're rest this, in peace ziggy yes know, yeah. exactly like we're the same stuff that's been in the universe for like billions of years yeah so it really doesn't matter like what happens to us like we, this is just where our atoms and our elements like ended up at this point in time and we're going to become something else later on it's true there's only one rule and that's that you have to listen to the living strange but <laughs> yes. you know other than that um it's free play man free for all you know yeah yeah it's uh it's an amazing thing like it's just like listening to your songs oh man it's so good and and that's my favorite one afterglow definitely my favorite song um but let's see i i had uh i had some more stuff to talk about oh i wanted to ask you um i also saw the the gillis blue song. yes yeah uh, the i saw the video for it and that one you just released it as a single yes that right? was our first single first official release that we ever did as a band. Yeah, and that the video was so it was fascinating, and I haven't seen um, you like use that kind of production quality. But you don't even need to on like other videos because you like so, like if you go, you like rock out in yeah. in in just like that carpeted room that you're of in. Of course, the barn. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so entrancing to watch you like rock out on your solos too. Uh, but but it's also but getting back to Gillis Blue, it's also a fascinating video. Like what? Um, yeah, how? All right. So what was? Uh, what was the whole experience for filming that? Like, how did you do okay, that? Okay, so we filmed the Gillis Blue music video in one day, uh, last uh, March, and we woke up at five in the morning, um, and drove to the club that we filmed it at. We filmed it at this great club called the Golden Box that is next to the Supper Club, um, on Hollywood Boulevard. Right. And. Um, so we get there and uh at this point because as you said about the production quality this was this is an official music video the if you go video that you uh mentioned was a live video um but not an official music video and um so anyways this had proper budget and casting and uh producing and directing uh and um how'd you get the budget together for uh the gillis blue video we we kind of reached out to you know our um 
our friend, fa- sorry, friends and fans and, and, uh, family and, and managed to, um, put it together that way, uh, which I'm very grateful for, um, that it allowed us to create some art. Um, anyways, we get there, uh, start doing hair and makeup and set up everything, set up our equipment. And we did all the band footage first, which was great. Cause then I kind of got my job done. Um, and that was fun to do. That was probably one of the first times I've ever had to lip sync. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and, um, although I just sang with it, that was my way of lip syncing is just <laughs> singing with it because it's not like my microphone was going anywhere. Um, and we had a great time filming it. Our cast was awesome. We had a lot of friends in the cast. And so it was great to hang out with them and dance with them and act stupid with them and, you know, get strange. Uh, so <laughs> that that was a good time. Lots of dancing and uh, vintage outfits, you know. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, we had filmed all the footage. And I mean, for those who haven't seen the video, uh, we're in this club and it's, you know, uh, there's red lighting. Lots and, of red. And, You're and, wearing red. Yes. And uh, I'm wearing a coat actually that I got in Brick Lane uh, in London when I was there last. Um, wow. That thing and, traveled thousands uh, yeah, of miles to be here. Yeah, in LA. it's true. No, it was a love. I was a thrift store moment. I had like a Macklemore popping tags, <laughs> uh, you know, situation. Uh, so anyways, we did it with friends. Um, and in the music video, we're playing at this club and there's people there and they don't really know how to feel about us uh, and they and then they don't like us and then we come and mess with them and then by the end of it they're dancing with us and they come around to living strange wow <laughs> um, but yeah and then I remember we got home after at, at, at some point that night filming it um, and I ate an entire pizza I was hungry <laughs> I, I had not eaten I was like man so yeah yeah you were busy the whole day just, yeah just filming and rocking out yeah and it was great because um after that we got to play a show at that club um which was fantastic over at the golden box yeah and it was great they had they had dancers uh we played over a bar on this like uh on this stage that was elevated and um they had these kind of go-go dancer people on the bar and it was just a big it was, it was like our music video actually happened yeah uh, you know so that was that was fun that was cool oh that's awesome man um well i wanted to talk to you more about like wh- where where do you see uh the living strange going in in the next 10 years like wh- where do you want to take it super bowl halftime show no Ooh, um, no no ten, in 10 uh, years uh, it's a possibility um, <laughs> um i'm not controversial enough for that uh <laughs> Not yet, at least. Uh, but anyways, um, where are we going to go? We're going to go anywhere and everywhere. Um, we're touring a lot. We will continue to tour as long as we can, which at the moment, um, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to. Our next tour starts in April on the East Coast um, and our first date's in Philadelphia. And so... Um, Do you have exact dates yet? or are they on? So far, yeah. yeah. Um, we have a few exact dates and it kind of gets planned. Um, in the next couple of months, uh, it'll kind of be more um, together. But it starts on April 9th in Philadelphia at a club called The Aquarium. And that's actually part of a three-day festival that we put together called Strange Fest. Ooh. Yeah. Um, we we did a few Strange Fest uh, 
events in Los Angeles. This is our first on the East Coast, and we figured it'd be a great way to start the tour um, by doing that. Anyways, we have a new EP um, currently that I am working on writing songs for and rehashing old songs uh, and figuring that out. Um, and that EP is probably going to have a little bit uh, more of a um, budgeted production than the 2AM Freak Show EP that was completely uh, just done at home. That will most likely have three or four songs on it. Um, and we plan to keep on releasing material and EPs, eventually LPs, um, and make videos and tour. But in the next 10 years, we should be, um, we should have our own version of after buzz tv we should we, we should we we should have after strange tv because oh. because that's how uh that's how big we've gotten that we're now just starting networks yeah know? that's that's like that's a really good idea you know like why why not do it and it's it, that's a catchy name yeah well, it's, it's, it's people uh let's we'll interview people after they see us after our concerts and that'll be after strange tv oh that's, so that's I like it. That's a really good idea. I even think like the the day after you do your shows, like if you're not too yeah. if you're not too like tired, exactly. right? But you could do it and it's while everything's like fresh in your mind from the concert experience, yeah. from performances and then have some of like your fans or groupies yeah, you know, come in. <laughs> totally. Yeah, but um we're here to stay. It's we're uh, a very practical band. There's not a lot of issues if any. So, it's like um I think that in the next 10 years, we could really accomplish something. What's uh, something that you've learned from, from all your touring, creating your music, your art, like just being the living strange, like being the band, like what, what's something that you've learned that you could share with the audience, or with, with our listeners? I've learned that um, you should always, uh, I mean, this is going to get kind of cheesy and emotional but you should always follow your heart and um really do what you're doing for yourself not in a selfish way but uh but i, I just mean you know going around and playing music is wonderful and it's great um and it's not something to take for granted and i'm really thrilled that i've been able to do this thus far and i hope to do it for the rest of my life and it's really just taught me that, you know, over time creating things um, is a really emotional uh, and therapeutic experience that has positives and negatives. Um, and you can't overlook the positivity just because it's easy to understand, you know, because it's happiness takes two seconds to understand, you know, you're happy. You feel it. And you get it. You're that's I mean, you know, there's songs about it. Um, you know, Pharrell knows what it is, clearly. <laughs> uh, he's able to paraphrase, if you're happy, clap your hands. Um, and that kind of is, that's why happiness is awesome. But for someone like me, um, sometimes I might get trapped overlooking that and being, getting bummed out or being like, oh, you know, what's with the venue or the crowd or this or that. And honestly, it's such a blessing to play music and to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I encourage everyone to create and make friends and live strange most of all. Embrace embrace the strange. Yeah, embrace it. Have you gotten uh, a lot of rejections? Like how do you how do you deal with rejection when you do like send your stuff off to like uh, 
you know a, re- a recording company yeah or whatever. um well we haven't gotten enough rejections for me to say that we've gotten a lot of rejections um but how do i deal with it it depends on the caliber of rejection because it never feels good to be rejected but sometimes it feels bad and then you uh get over it in like you know five minutes to an hour and you're just kind of like you know what that's cool um I wasn't destined to do that, but whatever. Um, But my main philosophy with rejection is that people, especially in the music industry and in the um, major label music industry, don't help others. They help themselves. And when others are in a position that would allow someone in that industry to help themselves, then there will be a connection made and a deal in place and something like that. But it requires the desire of uh, whoever is looking for a band or a song or an artist. Um, it requires that desire for the need to be fulfilled. So, you know, it's I just accept that. Um, and I'm more so working on how I can be desirable as an artist and as a musician and as a creator um, and as a brand. But that is independent work and that's work that I don't really need and or want to rely on others for because I, I'm I'm in control of my path you know so it's like I'm in charge of um, you know what the t-shirts can look like or what the songs have to be or, or not I mean they don't have to be anything but you know that's the point is there's no one saying you have to make this or you have to use auto-tune or you have to wear sequin suits you know uh but you don't have that kind of a band manager yet (laughs) oh no no i mean i feel like that person lives in here i feel like i'm honestly that's like we were talking about how i'm i'm a fictional character i'm i feel like there's like a an office in my head of like all of the employees of of the living strange uh and the manager is really a tough one yeah but um he gets the job done he does he does wow um, and I'm sure up there, you know, in that office, you have a social media person too. Yeah. Right. So I noticed that uh, he keeps tabs on your Facebook, yes. Twitter, Instagram. You're very responsive to your fans. Yes. So have uh, how how's the fan interaction been so far? So far, it's been great. Um, on social media, we've gotten the most response on Facebook. That's our main social media platform. Um, but even in uh, in real life, IRL, uh, <laughs> IRL fan interaction has been pretty great um, because I've, you know, I love this has happened to me a few times now, tw- uh, both on both coasts, uh, walking in New York and walking in L.A., where people say, hey, you're you're Eli from Living Strange or Whoa. like or you're Elijah from Living Strange. Wow. And I'm like, that is awesome. Yes. Yeah, I am. Um, and so uh, we get into conversations that way. And that is gratifying because it lets me know that what I'm doing has impacted other people and that they're recognizing it and acknowledging it. And as an artist, I don't think that um, there's anything better than some acknowledgement um, as far as like external rewards. That's such a fascinating thing. I know that some people here at at AfterBuzz TV, some of our hosts, they'll, yeah. they'll be walking around in in like New York, yeah. And some of the popular shows that we talk about are like Mad Men. 
So when when they were out there, they were like, oh, hey, you're the host from the Afterbus TV Mad Men thing. So it's like such a crazy thing that we're, you know, you doing your music and, you know, us doing our shows or whatever. Yeah. And us doing the show together right now. Totally. It's like we, you know, we potentially like thousands of people are like looking at us at this moment and we just like we we now we don't have any control over that and then they they can take it to as a positive thing or yeah. as a negative thing you know of course and um but that's always been great and the conversations usually get pretty interesting with fans also after the shows it's uh, awesome to hang out with some fans what's the and, most interesting uh, thing that you've had a conversation about with a fan oh my uh I have to dig into the database. <laughs> uh, you know, you get into conversations about loads of things. Uh, a lot of people ask about being from LA, uh, to which we'll usually make up some sort of thing like, ah, uh, yes, you know, Los Angeles, where unicorns are uh, <laughs> on every corner, and and Matt LeBlanc is on uh, the. The, on the sides of buses on the sides of bus no he's he's the bus driver actually uh that's 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 where he's at right now but uh <laughs> but you know um i don't know usually we end up talking about la uh but i love it um i think that our living strangers are really wonderful wow. people wow you really have like gotten down to every little minutia of like how it could fit into your brand i love it of course <laughs> Have you gotten any any trolls, any like negative people like yeah. ragging on you on social media? Oh yeah, um, I mean nothing that bad. Like our Gillis Blue music video has uh, only two downvotes com oh. compared to the 115 upvotes. But uh, yeah. but but um, no, nah, I don't. A, I, I, that doesn't matter to me. But B, we don't usually pick fights with people, um, and so there's not many outspoken people like or like that shit on our music or tell us that we're bad um at least yet um so if you were to uh if you were to get someone another band member from a different band living or dead okay who would you get to have in your band and play with you for a day oh my god i would um i'd probably get cab calloway Cab Calloway. Yes. I'm not familiar with Cab Calloway. Cab, Where's he from? Okay, Cab Calloway was a singer in the 30s um, who did a lot of swing and jazz, and but at that point it was pop music, it was dance music. And he, I think, is my favorite performer I've ever seen um, because he, um, he was so magnetic and kind of... Uh, you know had these crazy outfits and he was the band leader and he would come out and do this awesome dance and his voice was incredible so i'd say cab calloway or uh i say for shits noel gallagher actually would be in our band i think that we need him in our band he could play bass though that would be i would employ him on bass and i'm sure that he would be thrilled oh man that's great yeah yeah good stuff well um yeah it's so I think that's uh, that's about it. So we already got your upcoming projects tours. Um, oh, who who would you love to open for? Contemporary. Contemporary. I would love to open for Muse. Muse, yes, yes. Uh, I I could see you opening for Muse actually. Yeah. Oh my gosh, have have, have you seen them live? Yes, in I have. Oh, 
I saw them one time, and they and it was a two, July two thousand eleven. Nice over at the LA Coliseum. Yeah, and it was the LA Rising concert. Yeah, it was it was epic. They were opening. Well, obviously there were a lot of bands playing that day. Yeah, uh, dozens of bands and. They were actually opening for Rage Against the Machine. That's awesome. Oh, That's amazing. Wow, it was quite an experience. It was. It was actually my first big concert I've ever yeah. been to. I've seen. Uh, I had seen before that. Um, who was it? Uh, Fallout Boy. I think I saw them perform. I was just like, wow, they're not as good in concert. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think, what was that? Who's that band? I forget their name, which is terrible. It's a disservice to them. Um, who Who did that song? Move along. Do you remember that? particular band oh no come on come on come on move along and in their music video they were like compl- like they kept changing like bodies like in frame i forgot yeah i, I forgot their I name I'm, s- I'm so bad because i even met the singer oh over- wow <laughs> yeah, i okay. met the singer not like an interview yeah. like this yeah of course um, but-, but it was just like randomly in hollywood hollywood boulevard we were at um we were at dylan's irish pub at nice the time. okay and he told he actually complimented my friend said you have awesome glasses my friend had like spikes on his glasses Sweet. yeah and we're and we're just like dude that guy looks familiar and then we ended up like looking him up we're like oh my gosh it's the guy it's the singer it's the main singer from that band and it was just so nuts but um and so seeing muse play it was that i i want to say that rage was legendary that night but muse like killed it man yeah they were like pure entertainers like to the bone i know well that i saw them um first in i think 2009 and that, I I mean, it was, I had seen plenty of concerts um, up until that point, but that was the first concert I saw where I was watching them and I was thinking about it and I was like, I want that job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, that is wow. awesome. Yeah. That's, that is um, a great band, a great, uh, a great package, yeah. you know, um, and so that my takeaway was I was like that is how you entertain a crowd it is that's that's how you command a stadium you know and I think that's really cool and I really like their first um their first four albums for me out of all of the records they've put out um I really love um and I think musically they go in all kinds of places and I respect that so Eli one more question for you and then we'll get you out of here um so uh i wanted to talk about venues so you've been playing at a lot of yes a, a variety of venues what would you say you and i don't know if you played at sh- super huge venues you know like you haven't played at the super bowl yet <laughs> but uh, would you say you have a preference between like huge venues like stadium size venues or like small in your face kind of places yeah um i think that better shows happen in the smaller places um both as a performer and a concert goer. Um, that's kind of my attitude. But I think the best of both worlds is kind of the 1,000 to 2,000 seat theater. That is probably the best sound you'll get in a space while still um, having a lot of people watch you. We're not at that level um, you know, on our tours. Uh, usually the places we play cap at probably 300 people um although sometimes they do cap and that's where it's at so i but i don't know i i'm not i'm not picky about crowd size i love performing in front of people i can perform in front of one person or you know 10 million people and i'll probably give the same same performance oh man well 
the the next time we have you back at After Buzz TV, uh, the concert experience, you'll probably have played at stadiums right. by then. But I uh, hope you don't forget about us by the time you make it huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Eli Sokolow of The Living Strange, uh, the lead singer, vocalist, the creator of the band, the bassist and drummer as no, well. I, I'm not the drummer. Not, <laughs> not the, the drummer. drummer. <laughs> not the drummer. That's right. But you do like so much multi-talented guy. Thank you so much for being here at AfterBuzz TV. Thanks for having me. And uh, that about does it for us here. So uh, thank you guys so much. And you can find me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my book, City of Angels and Discontent. And uh, one more time from Eli, where can we best find and follow you on social media? On social media, you can find us at The Living Strange on Facebook, The Living Strange with underscores on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are at strange underscore living. And the next time you guys are performing is here in L.A. Yeah, and our, that's going to be down the street. Yeah, it's our so our last Los Angeles gig uh, before our East Coast tour coming up is at California Institute of Abnormal Arts up the street. And um, that is this Saturday at 1045 and it's ten dollars to get in. All right. Well, thanks so much again, Eli. We really thanks for gracing us with your presence here and uh, enjoyable conversation, man. Agreed. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.